Hi, you're listening to the Abundant Encounters podcast, and this is Mary Marsingill. We're so honored to have you. And just quickly, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to rate this podcast and give positive reviews anywhere you're listening, Apple, Google, and others. Just talk about what you're experiencing, or especially any encounters that you felt like you had during an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take five seconds right now to pray for our podcast and ministry to succeed. Five seconds might not sound like much, but we believe that our collective prayers will make a massive difference and protect and prosper these ministries' efforts to glorify and exalt Jesus. Our hope is simple, that people have real encounters with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Please join us now for just five seconds to pray. Thank you so much. Here's Josh. Awesome. My name is Joshua Marsingale, and I love hosting these uh, episodes. I get to facilitate what are hopefully really powerful encounters between you and Father God. Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Well, uh, what we usually do is we go through a chapter of the Bible and react to it. We feel it. And uh, that's the idea. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we start with the Word of God. And that increases both your faith and your ability to hear from God. And those come in handy big time when it comes to encountering Him. And so, let's pray and we'll get right into this. We're going to be reading from Hebrews 8. Yeah, Father God, come. We're not orphans, we belong to you. Deeply loved by you, we're your compassion, your the way you were moved to rescue us. We just acknowledge that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for that it's anointed. And I pray for the anointing right now. I pray that you'd help us, open us up. And we trust you, you and you alone. Jesus Father God, Holy Spirit. I bind up and take authority that Jesus Christ has given to us as believers. I just take that authority right now in Jesus' name and I bind up anything that would try to hinder this time, try to keep anything that God wants us to have, any breakthrough, any healing, anything. Right now, we just cancel this assignment in Jesus' name. All head trash, noise, lies. We cancel all that right now. We silence the accuser and we ask, Father God, send your angels of hope, love, life, mercy to come and just surround us like a hedge of protection all around us. So thick that nothing else can get in. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Fill our bodies, these temples of yours, 
Let's fill us up from head to toe. Yes, Lord. We offer our bodies a living sacrifice to you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm excited to get into Hebrews 8, and um, and uh, we're reading from the Mirror Bible. It's a beautiful translation that's a really passionate translator, and um, I think he even may call it a paraphrase as well uh, as some others, but uh, it's a, it is a translation from the from the uh, Greek and from the original languages, Aramaic, uh, I believe, and um, I know it's from the Greek. And then, but uh, he looks at those the words and the meanings and the depths and um, and anyway, there's some really powerful commentary. So I just wanted to recommend it. And so y- you can download their app, the Mirror Bible app. And you can get into this stuff. And the reason we read it here is really more than anything because of the poetry and the passion that's so clearly on display uh, within the translation. It's it's really beautiful. I think you'll you'll love it. All right, we'll get started. Hebrews eight. The conclusion of all that has been said points us to an exceptional person who towers far above the rest in the highest office of heavenly greatness. He is the executive authority of the majesty of God. The office he now occupies is the one which the Moses model resembled prophetically. He ministers in the holiest place in God's true tabernacle of worship. Nothing of the old man-made structure can match its perfection. The task of bringing gifts and sacrifices was the duty of every high priest. With Jesus, there would be no exception. So here on earth, since he had no further offering to sacrifice, he would not qualify to be a priest among the Jews who still have their own priesthood functioning to offer the various gifts presented in accordance with the prescriptions of their law, they are maintaining a shadow service to God, one which was originally intended as a prophetic picture of the real justice. Moses followed instructions to erect a tabernacle consistent with the accurate pattern that God had shown him on the mountain. Jesus is now the fulfillment of all those promises toward which the old practices were merely pointing, as when an arrow strikes the bullseye. The dispensation he now administers is far superior to the old. He is the arbitrator of a more effective covenant, sanctioned by its being an announcement of far greater benefit to mankind. If there had been no flaw in the first dispensation, why bother to replace it by a second? He had already faulted the first system when he said through Jeremiah, Behold, the days will come when I will make an entirely new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
we will be making a new agreement, completely unlike the previous one based on external ritual. I had literally to take your hand and lead you out of slavery from Egypt, yet you refused to spontaneously follow our trust in me. I could never abide your indifference. Now, instead of documenting my laws on stone, I will chisel them into your mind and engrave them in your inner consciousness. It will no longer be a one-sided affair. I will be your God and you will be my people, not by compulsion, but by mutual desire. Knowing me will no longer be a Sunday school lesson or something taught by persuasive words of doctrine. Neither will they know me on account of family tradition or door-to-door evangelism. Everyone, from the most unlikely to the most prominent people in society, will know me inwardly. This knowledge of me will never again be based on sin consciousness. My act of mercy, extended in Christ as the new covenant, has removed every possible definition of sin from memory. He announces the new dispensation to confirm that the old shadow system has been rendered redundant. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And while all of these pictures and shadows were so beautiful in their attempt to, yes, they wanted salvation, they wanted nearness, they wanted closeness, they wanted holiness. But what we're hearing here in Hebrews is that, you know, what you focus on, you become. So if you focus on the sin like this old covenant would, would have you do, then you will become a sin-conscious person. And so away with that is what our Father, our loving Father said. He said, this one you won't be able to earn. This one is a free gift. There's no good self anymore. There's only the only the loved self, as John Townsend says. I love that, and it makes me think of um, the rich young ruler. And when he calls Jesus, he says, "Good teacher," and Jesus interrupts him and says. Don't call me good. Only the Father in heaven is good. Why wouldn't he be able to call Jesus good? And I believe it has to do with this identification. Jesus wasn't willing to hand his identity, his uh, nounship, if you will, over to this rich young ruler as much as he had compassion on him. He wouldn't do that to be labeled as someone that was good enough. He's like, no, no, that's not my identity. My identity is that I am the son in whom he's well pleased. I am deeply loved. That's my identity. And that was publicly declared for everyone to hear. 
but not the good self. I'm not the good self. I'm the loved self. Jesus was protecting his heart. And yeah, maybe he knew all the things that came behind that, and, and maybe it was a debate, but just knowing the loving and compassionate na nature of God, there's this, he was fully man and fully God, so in this fully manness, he is protecting himself. I'm a horrible limiter to be limited by just being good enough. Legalism is a, it's a, it's a real problem, and um, for Christians, religion is not evil in and of itself. It's when we turn to the religion for the comfort, and to, um, and in a sense, we avoid the proximity that we absolutely have to have to God. So many times I hear uh, people accuse um, A-type people, um, uh, people that are, you know, are just always wanting to have everything organized and and um, just really high functioning. They say, well, they need they need this a little more than other people, and it's it's the absolute opposite because legalism only creates sin consciousness only creates sin consciousness it's the only thing that the old covenant was capable of doing and that was important because the what's the end game there the end game is that they know they know that they can't do it without God what was the deal with all the holiness stuff the holiness stuff was all about relationship being set apart with God and they knew they could never attain it they could just not do it but they knew they needed it two things they needed it and that they couldn't do it and then the covenant of grace the covenant of grace is nothing like legalism And Jesus said, you know, if a, if a man even looks on a woman with lust in his heart, then he's sinned. Or, or looks on a, on a, and, you know, within his heart he feels a hatred towards a brother, then he's, then he is committing murder. And, he, and it seems like he's amplifying it, but, and the truth is as he is but the the amazingness of this new covenant reality is that from the inside of us from the inside of us we're deeply inspired to live righteously not because if we don't then our god will remove himself or cast us away but because we are like him we're made remade like him jesus is a representative of who we are 
we are loved. That's what Jesus was giving us access to. Not to a new set of, if you could just do this better, then, then you can get salvation. Jesus is like, listen, I'll give you all this stuff for free. Everything you were working for in the old covenant, that's yours. I want you to have it. Now that you have it, allow that life to move through you. You know, part of this is like, it's a 50-50 relationship. You can't be doing all the work. If God isn't doing some of this with you, there's no chance. It just can't be done without Him. And that's exactly how He designed it. He wanted to make sure that we were absolutely, in a way, dependent on Him. Not in an unhealthy way where He's just constantly abandoning us or something like that. Of course, we know that. He's not going to come in and out. He's not the psychotic version, this Santa Claus God that's got a list of naughties and nices and all. He's not keeping track of everything. He's throwing your sins out. He's interested in getting them away from his understanding of you. So he doesn't even see you like that anymore. You are you are perfect. And see, that's the thing is that we don't see ourselves that way. And it's not about being full of ourselves or, or just like, uh, uh, you know, thinking that we've got it all together. That's not it. It's that we're, we know that we are a new creation, brand new. And in that we have confidence that our life is being transformed from the inside out. Our wanters are changing as, as a friend of mine often says so if you've been believing that um, you know that you had to be better somehow that you could somehow pull yourself up by your bootstraps or anything along those lines welcome to the club many of us fall for this nonsense over and over, and I, I don't, I don't understand how it finds different ways all the time to get in there. But then maybe you have been far, far away from that for a long time, and awesome. But if there needs to be an exchange of the good self for the loved self, then do this exchange right now. Close your eyes and become present. Become aware. Begin to uh, just listen to the sounds that are around you. And begin to feel what you're feeling. there's tension in your body or something just begin to shake or something see if you can loosen it up 
see if you can release it. Focus on your breathing. Maybe from your from your nose or your mouth. And just feel that. Put all your attention right there. I'm bringing in air and uh, move your attention to your lungs and your chest. Focus there. As you breathe, you can feel your abdomen kind of expanding. If you're breathing deeply, then and just be aware. Bring awareness. to picture this you're being you're in the scene with Jesus and John the Baptist and and you're fully submerged under the water and John brings you up and you breathe in deep and you see above you the dove it's the Holy Spirit I want you to ask that question Holy Spirit what do you think of me? Spirit, do I need to make this exchange? Do I need to exchange the best I can do, the good self, for the loved self? Now, if you heard yes, it's probably a pretty enthusiastic yes. He's so good at this. And you're going to rely on him to accomplish it. But here and now, just renounce the lie that I have to earn. So I renounce the lie that I have to earn the Father's love. 
I have to earn my salvation. And I have to earn my inheritance. That I have to earn my place in this life, my value. I renounce those lies, just say that. I renounce those lies. Say, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Ask Holy Spirit if he will take you to the Father. Begin to picture the Father in your holy imagination. If you're seeing something, great. If not, you may need to ask some questions. Holy Spirit, is there any lie I'm believing about Father God? Also, is there anyone I need to forgive? Renounce any lies and forgive, release and bless anyone you need to. walls and being able to just engage with him if you are seeing him then um, ask him if you can come closer Father God can I come closer to you Say, say something along these lines, Father God, I understand that this old covenant reality was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I need to experience the new covenant loved self. Can you show me? For some of us, I feel like it might be important to just do some kind of prophetic act. Um, and it, it's an act, so act is the key word here. Um, but physically, 
you could just turn around or uh, get up from your seat or um, take a step forward but as you do this um, make a conscious effort to make the transition from the good self to the loved self and hear those words from the father hear those words you are my son my daughter in whom I am well pleased you are mine I am well pleased in you. You are already loved. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you down. I have a plan your life that I will see to its completion I will finish the good work I started in you I will finish it Try to picture God's love entering your heart and filling it. Just filling it all the way up. Maybe it's even getting a little bigger, kind of like the, the Grinch. Or not that there's anything, not accusing anyone, but just the, the heart growing with love and growing with His 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 love. Just begin to feel it. Feel your heart expanding with God's love, stretching out. This massive heart has every intention, every thought, everything written within it. All of Scripture is right there in your heart. It's just being written right now. Just begin to allow God to write His Word on your heart. Without leaving the Father, without leaving the Holy Spirit, without leaving Jesus, just begin to be there with them. This is your family. They're not unapproachable. They want you there. Allow their embrace and say, I am loved. Say it out loud if you can. I am loved. 
feel like I gotta remind some of you guys with the prodigal son coming home, you know, it's not like the father didn't, was waiting, or didn't, wasn't aware of the fact that he had lived a prodigal life. He knew what that entailed. He knew what happened. And um, it's not like if the prodigal son was like, wait a minute, did you know I, I like, I was, you know, gambling or I uh, wasted all this money, you know, he didn't even care about the speech. He cared about loving him. So being loved by God is his priority. Yours may be something else. His is to love you, to baptize you in his love. That means to fully submerge you in his love. So imagine his love is this like cloud, like wall, if you've ever seen one, and just walk right into it. Just imagine this, you're just walking right into it. It's everywhere, it's all over you. Now you're breathing it in. It's coming into your lungs. You can feel it on your skin. And just in any way you want to, just begin to fully submerge yourself in his love. Your eyes, your ears, your mouth, it all needs to be absolutely submerged in this love of his. Your hands, your arms, your chest, your entire body, your legs, your feet, submerge it in his love. And if you need to say, I receive your love, Lord, I receive your love, I receive you, I receive your love, I receive your love. Listen, you're going to need it. <laughs> he didn't design us to love out of our own supply. He wanted to overwhelm us, overfill us. So the love was what came out when we got squeezed and not anger, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's not that anger is not bad. It's an emotion that God created. But when we get squeezed, sometimes we don't like what's coming out. It's like a rage attack or something. We need to get baptized in his love. We need to be fully submerged in his love again. be loved because you are the beloved it's his decision and you can't change it thankfully neither can I he's gonna love you That's what he's going to do. Because he is love.
I'll leave you with this. And I pray that you're just being fully submerged in his love right now, no matter what you're doing. You're just feeling his love. I pray that you would be deeply blessed and that that old man would not resurrect in your life and that every form of legalism would lose its grip and only the true religion of God would remain. Religion as a tool, not as a boss. As a servant, not a master. I pray that blesses you and then you could receive him right now and just more and more and more and more and more you've got it all it's true but from our perspective sometimes we just have to keep receiving it from glory to glory to glory I pray it overwhelms you and it transforms you in Jesus name
today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.